I love Jesus. And I also love my country. I'm a patriot. I'm extremely grateful to be a citizen of the United States of America. And I thank you, I thank those today who have served to protect the freedoms that we enjoy. I wholeheartedly believe in the principles we were founded upon and thank God for the blessings we all enjoy as Americans. I believe the United States of America is the greatest country on the planet. Are we perfect? No. Do we have some deeply rooted issues that need healing? Yes. And as much as I would like to think we can solve our problems, I know that humanly, they will never be solved. It will only happen as we look to God and the principles of His holy and eternal truth that that then we will find healing through. Now, I had planned on going a different direction this morning, and that's why you have this outline in your bulletin. But as I prepared the introduction, and I'll I'll share that with you in a few moments, I could not get past the fact that we have strayed from the noble and God-inspired intent of our founding fathers. We are a rebellious people who have chosen to make our own rules and go our own way. We have in many ways turned our backs on God and His commands that bring life and blessing. And I believe we are seeing the withdrawal of God's favor and will continue to do so if we refuse to repent and ignore the warning signs of impending judgment. I have a burden for my country. That brings us back to the introduction that I mentioned. And I want to give credit where credit is due. Much of the history I'm about to share with you was compiled by a pastor named Darian Catrone as an introduction to a sermon he preached entitled, Declaring You Free. Today is the 4th of July. The 4th of July is a special day in our country. It's a day when we celebrate patriotism, liberty, freedom, and what makes our nation great. Today marks the 200, marks 245 years since our founding fathers gave us our national birth certificate. It is known as Independence Day because of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. And in that great document delivered on July 4, 1776, we read of a belief that all people have rights given by their Creator. That document was only 1,321 words long. It takes just eight minutes to read. And God is mentioned four times, twice at the beginning and twice at the end. 
By the way, if you don't hear the word God, that doesn't mean God isn't referred to. The second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence begins with these words. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The closing words of their Declaration solemnly state, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, there's God. We mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Endowed by the Creator, divine providence. Both of these statements, both of these important phrases, point to the historical fact that what made America great was not political leaders, or military conquest, or a booming economy, but dependence upon God Almighty. What we often forget is that in declaring their, in declaring their independence from England, our forefathers made an equally strong declaration of dependence upon God. Who were the men who were willing to sign? They were educated, civilized men who were willing to sacrifice everything for the cause they believed in. And history shows us they paid a price for that bravery. Of the 56 signers of the Declaration, few were long to survive. Five were captured by the British as traitors and tortured before they died. Twelve had their homes ransacked and burned. Two lost their sons in the Revolutionary Army, another had two sons captured. And though few of them benefited from their bravery and most lost everything they owned, not one recanted his original declaration of independence. These men were courageous and valiant and brave, and because of them and others, we have the privilege of being here today and living in the greatest country in the world. Because of them and their dependence upon God, we are a great nation, a blessed nation. The, the, the verse that Julie quoted this morning, Psalm 33:12, says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people He chose for His inheritance. Over the past 200 plus years, we have lived in a blessed nation, blessed by God's provision and protection. And we need to understand that blessings such as these are not by chance or accidental. They are the direct result of trusting in God. John Adams said, The general principles on which the fathers achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity. Adams went on to say that in observing the 4th of July, it ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of a devotion to God Almighty. In fact, as John Adams signed the Declaration, he said, Whether we live or die, sink or swim, succeed or fail, I stand behind this Declaration of Independence, and if God wills it, I am ready to die in order that this country might experience freedom. It was that kind of patriotism which led men, armed with little more than hunting rifles, to engage in battle with what was the most powerful nation in the world at that time. 
Many of our forefathers paid a terrible price in the Revolutionary War. But finally they won the victory so that you and I might be citizens of this land of the free and home of the brave. It is so very important that we remember their declaration of dependence upon God. For in a time of world turmoil, the United States today is rapidly forgetting the God of our fathers, the God who gave this nation its birth and greatness. How many of you recognize the name Patrick Henry? He's the guy who said, said, give me liberty or give me death. Here's some other words that he spoke. He said, it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was, not, was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. In his last will and testament, he wrote, I have now given everything I own to my children. There is one more thing I wish I could give them, and that is Christ. Because if they have everything I gave them and don't have Christ, they have nothing. And that's the end of the quote from uh, this portion that I told you this other gentleman wrote. One of the most defining characteristics of our nation is that of freedom. The freedom that we have is not something that comes from a document. That document simply declared the belief of those who wrote it. No, our freedom was bought at the price of those willing to sacrifice for others. Freedom is one of the greatest blessings we have, and we enjoy a tremendous amount of freedom in this country. We have what we might call political freedoms or rights. Those would include from the Bill of Rights, freedom of speech, press, religion, the right to peaceful assembly, to petition the government, and to bear arms. We also have what we might call personal freedoms or rights. And there is a tremendous focus on our personal rights in our culture today. Among those is the right to choose my work or occupation, to own property, to travel freely from state to state, to marry or not to marry, or to choose the names of our children. Did you know that's not always the case? Uh, Many of you know our our daughter who lives in Portland, Oregon, has a number of Ukrainian and Russian friends. Um, And she, she asked one time, how come so many of you have... You know, they're the same names. You hear the same names over and over again. The Russian government said, here's a list of names that you can choose for your children. That's it. Never thought about the freedom of naming your children whatever you wanted, did you? Now, I've heard some that probably we shouldn't have had the freedom to name, but... But these personal rights or freedoms have now, at least in our country, been expanded And by the way, let me say that these things that I mentioned, I I think God would have no issue with. These things I think that I'm about to mention, I think God would take issue with. So these personal freedoms we have now, at least in our country, have been expanded to include marrying someone of the same sex, exterminating the lives of the unborn, and choosing your own gender. Many people think that freedom is the license to do whatever a person wants to. But Scripture tells us that without the work of Christ in our lives, 
The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and is desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? That's Jeremiah 17.9. So, if we have the freedom to do whatever we want, it is only natural then that with the condition of the human heart, which I just read to you, we will choose to sin. The problem is, Many of the things we in our culture desire as freedoms actually put people in bondage. But that's what sin does. It puts people in bondage. <clears throat> Proverbs 14.34, and this is from the New American Standard Bible, says this. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. The problem with that verse is, that there is very little that people are willing to call sin anymore. We've really narrowed the definition of what sin is. We don't look to the Scripture anymore. And Abraham Lincoln declared, if destruction be our lot, we must ourselves be its author and finisher. We're going to bring about our own demise. That's what he was telling us. So we must face the fact that we are destroying ourselves. Pretty sobering, isn't it? But it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. God has provided the way to life, blessing, healing, and forgiveness. And He did it through Jesus Christ Himself. Amen? Jesus and the cross are the hope of the United States of America. Um, gentlemen, those who be serving communion, if you come, go ahead and come forward at this time. It's because of what Jesus did for us on that cross that we do have hope. We have the forgiveness of sins. And we're able by the power of His Spirit then a to live according to the truth of God's Word. Yes, go ahead and serve us, if you would, please. It's disturbing to me that the Scripture has been called a book of hate. It's disturbing to me that if you love America, you're a, 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 a Christian nationalist. In other, words, in other words, you put nation before God or, or a president before God. No. No. I've never done that. I will never do that. Now, I will admit to you, I like the policies of some presidents better than I like the policies of other presidents, but I never have or, will never, or never will worship a president. I only worship Jesus Christ. But I am thankful for the country that I was allowed to be born in and raised in and pastor in and raise a family in and enjoy the blessings of. As they are uh, distributing the elements, Let let me remind you that you need not be a member of our church to partake of communion. Please hold the elements and we will partake together. 
So today we do celebrate Independence Day, a holiday that represents our declaration of independence from England and the birth of the United States of America as an independent nation. I think we must also remember that our freedom comes and has been protected throughout our history at great sacrifice. Jesus said, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friend. There are accounts throughout history of those who have unselfishly laid down their lives so that others might live. In the devotional book, Men of Integrity, Bill Hybels shares this story. He writes, I remember the massive homecoming parade for veterans, Vietnam veterans in Chicago. One vet was interviewed on camera. By, it was, he was by the mobile uh, Vietnam Memorial Wall. The new ca- newscaster asked why he had come all the way to Chicago to participate in this parade. The soldier, with tears flowing down his face, said, because of this man right here. He was pointing to the name of a friend etched on the wall. As the news clip ended, the sobbing soldier continued to trace the name with his finger. Hybels continues, that's the central message of the Christian faith. That's the central message of the Christian faith. For God so loved the world, people mattered so much to God that He provided His Son Jesus to die in the place of people who deserve to die eternally as a payment for their sin. So that guilty, undeserving parties like you and like me could go free. We are about to share together in an act of remembrance a a memorial ceremony that we call communion. There's no memorial wall, but there is an empty cross. We will not trace a name with our fingers, but we will partake together the, the emblems of Christ's sacrifice. And with gratitude and wonder, we remember He gave His life for me. The sinless Son of God died so that I and you might live. Graham Kendrick wrote the song Amazing Love. It says this, My Lord, what love is this that pays so dearly that I, the guilty one, may go free? Amazing love, oh what sacrifice, the Son of God given for me. My debt He pays and my death He dies that I might live, that I might live. In First Peter we, chapter 3, verse 18, we find these words, For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 29. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night 
He was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The bread represents the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, beaten, broken, and pierced for us so that we might know forgiveness of sins and experience life that is truly life. Take, eat, and be thankful. The cup represents the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, spilled out for us to cleanse us from sin and provide for us the promise of eternal life. Drink this and be thankful. Lord Jesus, we come to you today with grateful hearts. Truly is amazing love that led you to Calvary's cross. And again, no matter what the circumstances that surround us, whether we are free people politically or personally or not, we know that we can have freedom in you, Lord Jesus, that could never be taken away. We can be free from sin. We can be free free from fear. We can be free from whatever we think the future might bring because we know our lives are in your hands and it's all because of what you did for us. When you died, when you shed your blood, and when you rose again. So again today, we say thank you. I know words are inadequate. And so, as a thank you, we adhere to the, to the advice of the Apostle Paul, who said, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Father, may we say thank you daily by being the living sacrifices you have called us to be. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I felt impressed um, after preparing this. Um, I want us to go through a, a directed prayer time this morning, and I have some individual topics that I've asked people to pray specifically toward. Now I know the list could be this long. But these these are the things that were impressed upon my heart. Um, two of our daughters and their families live in Washington State. The state legislature there passed uh, a curriculum. It's called a health education curriculum, but the, the title is quite deceptive. It's not just about health. Um, it's about training. It's about indoctrination. Into lifestyles that... Um, God would not approve of. 
And so I've asked Brenda, if she would, to come and pray for this topic for us. And I think we have. And before I pray, I would just encourage those of you who have children and grandchildren, um, be involved in your schools. Know what's being taught. Know, get to know the teachers. Um, it, our children are in danger. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult time for them. So uh, think, of, think of those, those young ones that you love as I pray. Precious Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that you are our Father. You have created us. You love us. Um, each one of us. We thank you for the blessings of children and grandchildren. And we just ask for your protection today. There are those who, as adults, struggle with their identity. They, they struggle with self-love and accepting themselves for who they are. And they are not healthy. And unfortunately, they are sharing some of that sickness with children and it is being promoted. And we pray today for those who struggle with their identity, that don't understand who they are, created by you, loved by you, that don't understand that um, there is a, a way to live that seems right to a man but is not the purpose for which you have created them. And I just pray that we we as believers would would show love, we would show compassion, that we would that our hearts would break as yours does for those who are willing to exchange natural desires for unnatural that are willing to mutilate their bodies to try and find peace and identity in something that they are not. We pray for them. We pray for their healing. We pray for their understanding. We pray that they would open their hearts and minds to the Holy Spirit and that you would teach them how precious and loved and beautiful they are as they were created to be. That they do not need to change themselves into something they are not. And at the same time, I pray that you would protect our children. Protect them from hearing and seeing things they shouldn't see. Be with those who are charged with their care and well-being, our teachers, our, our state legislators, our, our school boards. Um, open their eyes. Help them to see the, the harm, the damage they are doing to young lives. And Heavenly Father, I pray that you would open the eyes of parents and families that don't understand, that believe they 
they can entrust their children to public institutions and, and that things will go well. Um, help us to be vigilant. And I pray, Heavenly Father, for the church, the, the church of Jesus Christ. Perhaps for too long we have uh, gone along with the world's values and accepted social values that dishonor women and disrespect men. And we have perhaps added to this confusion. And I, I ask your forgiveness. I ask that you would forgive the church as many feel they must follow social values above yours. And I just, I ask for forgiveness and that we would repent for not being the bearers of truth that you have called us to be for not being the protectors of the widows and the orphans and the children that you have asked us to be. And I just pray today that you would help us to have strong and bold voices to proclaim the truth, to speak the truth in love, and to help our nation turn back to you. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Many of you are aware of um, the Equality Act that is uh, before the Senate right now. Um, I I can understand some of the reasons for that. But in uh, other regards, uh, in my view, uh, because of many who take a a scriptural view of um, some of the things that Brenda just prayed about, um, if the Equality Act is, becomes law, then we will become the group that's discriminated against. And we already see it happening, just not according to law. So I, I've asked Dean Claus to come and, and pray for um, that bill that is before our Senate. Before we pray, I'd like to read a scripture. It's one of my go-to passages when I think of the relationship between Christians, the church, and our society. It's found in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. It says, I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior. Let's pray. Our Father in Heaven, when we think of this bill called the Equality Act, we I guess I can't help but think That there are people who are afraid that they will be persecuted, that they will be treated badly, that they will be harmed if a law like this is not put into effect. 
And Lord, to the extent that the church has sometimes been wrongheaded or overzealous with these issues, we ask for our own forgiveness. But going forward, Lord, we pray that we could share the love of Christ with those same people in such a way that they would realize that we mean them no harm. We only want them to see that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We want them to come to you through him. Father, we pray that you would cause this bill to fail, that you would be with our civil leaders, with the government officials that you have put in authority, that you would help them to see, Lord, that they are accountable to you. Lord, the government should not be above you. And help these people to know that whatever they decide, there will be a day when they will have to answer to you for how they use the authority that you gave them. Lord, we pray that those who will be voting on this bill will vote to defeat it, to say no, that nothing like this will come up again. Lord, we pray for your grace and mercy in this. We pray for protection for the church as well. Lord, the scripture says that the gates of hell would not be able to prevail against the church, but we feel like somehow this has been turned around and the church is now being attacked. Father, we pray for your protection. We realize that if this bill passes, something that is that some people think will help certain groups or whatever, it will hurt more people than it will help, and it will hurt the church. And we pray, Lord, that you will not allow that in this land, that you would help us to be able to do what the Scripture says, to live quiet lives and to be able to go about our business in such a way that it reflects our belief in you, the freedom we have in you, and that we are free to be able to share the love of Christ with other people. Lord, as we see it, this bill would interfere with our freedom to believe what we want to believe. It would interfere with freedom to raise children the way they should be raised. It would interfere with our ability to say what needs to be said. Lord, these things cannot stand And we cannot live that way. We will live according to your word in obedience to you. We dedicate ourselves to that, but we ask for the mercy and the grace of this bill being defeated so that that interference is taken away from us and we can be about our business in Jesus Christ. And we ask these things in his holy name. Amen. next issue that um, we're going to pray about, and I've asked Susan Perez to do this, is the issue of abortion. Um, since Roe versus Wade became law or a Supreme Court decision, we've snuffed, literally snuffed out the lives of millions of babies. Uh, again, I, I, I may have mentioned in my prayer earlier, uh, right now in my 
as I'm reading through my yearly Bible, I'm in the book of Kings. And um, if you spend any time there, you know that there was a point where God said to Israel, no more. No more. One of the last straws was when they began sacrificing their babies. The last straws. And that's when they went into exile. And people died and people suffered. And um, So, um, I, again, I've asked Susan Perez to come and and pray about this issue. Sorry, I moved you away from here. Hello, everybody. Um, there is no one not there is there is no one like our God. Do you agree? <clears throat> okay. And we want him to continue blessing the United States of America, do we? All right. So are we willing to show it in some way this morning? Make a noise. Come to the altar. Stand up. We're going to pray together, and you're welcome to come to the altar. Uh, Let God hear your voice. Quietness and peace is good, and we enjoy it. But we are the children of the land of Judah. And as he was willing to roar, to die on that cross, we're thankful today. So I invite you to stand up, to make a noise, to come to the altar. We're going to pray together. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name that is above all names, the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. We ask for your guidance in prayer through your Holy Spirit who dwells within us. We come before you, wonderful Counselor, with a grateful heart. We're here today because of your infinite mercy and extended grace. We praise your holy name, mighty God, for your faithfulness and steadfast love bestowed upon us. We ask in your name, everlasting Father, that you give us the power to fix our thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. And to think about everything that is excellent and worthy of praise. Father, we approach your throne confidently. Because of the blood of our Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace, who is our righteousness. In the perfect sacrifice of the new covenant, 
in which we are redeemed and born to a new life and your perfect will. We pray in unity today as the Church of Christ, as one body, and on behalf of our country, the United States of America, that we may not call evil good and good evil, nor we may attempt to be wise in our own understanding, but to acknowledge you in all our ways. And to always remember and keep your word, so you may not depart from this country. For blessed is the nation whose trust is in the Lord, our loving Father. We pray for those who are not able to speak up for themselves. Because if they were, they would choose life. We pray for your torch of repentance upon this country and an awakening of the need of your forgiveness to those who perhaps unaware of are mourning the loss of their unborn children who they didn't get to know because of about, about choice, the wrong advice, or an impulsive decision, lack of instruction or support. Whatever it was, we pray for those who do have a voice that can be heard, to be touched by your love, and to be willing to make amendments before you to choose life for all beings made in your image. Thank you, Father, for making us so wonderfully complex and for the gift of everlasting life in Jesus Christ, the firstborn of all creation. Amen. We just prayed about the issue of abortion, but there's a problem behind the problem. And that is, we have ignored God's instruction about sexual intimacy. 84% of women who have abortions are single. And what's happened is, we have said, what God said about sexual intimacy is old-fashioned. It doesn't apply anymore. So, recreational sex, one-night stands, or living with someone before you're married is, has become really completely acceptable in our culture. And so I've asked Shirley Richards to come and pray to that, about that issue and that we would have a return in our country to God's standard. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today fully knowing that you are a good, a gracious, a loving, and a forgiving God. And Lord, for that we say thank you. As we continue to pray, 
We pray for our country to return to the principles it was founded upon, the principles that were established according to your holy word. Help us as a country to return to your biblical standards regarding sexual morality. Father, our nation has become akin to Sodom and Gomorrah. We have promoted and even celebrated sexual immorality through ever imaginable means. Porn, sex trafficking, movies, TVs, soaps, books, on our own computers and phones and social platforms. And we've made bad decisions and etc. Access to all of this is just one button click away or one bad decision away. We have taken what you created to be a beautiful union between a man and a woman, making them one flesh within the boundaries of marriage, and we have turned it into sin and degradation. Lord, what you have designed for good has been turned to an evil fueling of our lustful desires. In Hebrews 13:4, your word says, Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. We have become a nation that believes the lies of Satan. Well, everyone is doing it, and those that aren't, well, they're either weird or they're just lying. And besides, if sex is, sex is okay if we mutually consent to it, it has become a vicious cycle resulting in pregnancies that many times, Lord, end up in abortions. And this cycle begin, is repeated over and over Lord, your word tells us in 1 Corinthians 6.18, Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have received from God, you are not your own. You were brought, bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Father God, we were created in your image. And Lord, we have defiled that. Father, your word says in 1 John 1, nine that you are faithful and that you are just to forgive us of all of our sins if we just ask. So God, we bring our country's sexual immorality to you today and ask for forgiveness. Lord, we pray for a great awakening again to your word and to your ways. Raise up a new generation, Lord, that desires to have you above all else. And help this generation to once again stand on the principles of your holy word. And Lord, we pray this all in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Last topic is that of the nuclear family. 
God's design is a man and a woman and children, if he blesses them with such, as the basic structure of society. We've sought to redefine that. And we've seen the, we've seen the destruction to the nuclear family through the plague of fatherlessness in our country. The nuclear family is in some ways becoming a thing of the past. So I've asked Jason Dudley to come and pray for this issue. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you have created a foundation that's strong in the nuclear family that you designed one man and one woman to be a home that honored you, Lord. Something that gave place where you could speak into their lives and create new things, new uh, relationships, uh, new churches, new, new everything, new families, Lord, so that, you, that way you can multiply your earth that you've created, Lord. But we see the evilness that's coming amidst of it, and that's uh, coming against the nuclear family, Lord. I pray that you would strengthen the men, not only in this church, but in all, in all the churches, all our homes and families that are representative outside, that you would raise men up to be strong, godly fathers, strong, godly husbands. That way we can have, you can give us the strength to come against these things that come against our own families, Lord. And that our that your word will be something that we hold up and establish and honor, Lord, that we fight for, we contend for in our own homes, in our own marriages, in our own everything that, we, that you've given us to control, Lord. Um, and that the wives, Lord God, you would, you would show them love and you would show them a grace, Lord, amongst the home, Lord. You gave in all these things to establish us as your children, Lord. Um, all these things that come against us, the money, the, the things that are invaluable to you, Lord, that come against us, Lord. I would just pray for covering, Lord, that you would pray that you would re- reignite the family once again and that you would establish... Some us a stronghold, Lord, that from all these other assaults that are coming outside of the church, and you would you would just empower us, Lord. Um, all the sin, all the all the all the things that are outside that that we can have your word and your your spirit to speak against, Lord. I pray that you would just give us the strength to do so. Um, some some of these laws, some of these things that were spoken of this morning, Lord, things that are just tearing the family apart. God, it's just it's just all lies. And I pray that the church would realize that, that the family needs to be the family that God created, that God created one man and one woman to be that, be that stronghold, to be that foothold that, 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 that blocks the enemy from coming in our own, own, own lives, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you, you would reestablish that. Not us, not anything that we can do, but your merit, your spirit, your word would just overcome us and we would just be able to Go forward in the church. Go forward in our own families, Lord, and that the nuclear family could be established again. And I pray, Lord, that it would be something that it would be a desire of us to be accountable to other families that have that, 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 that what God that you put in their lives, that we would be humble enough to accept that. We would be humble enough to just see that and see what God you're doing in their lives, and we'll be open to it, Lord. And also, Lord, I pray for our kids, the kids that see the nuclear family, that are, they're not a nuclear family with themselves. I pray, Lord, that you would separate them for your word, separate them for your will, Lord. Because no matter what, even if it's not a nuclear family, Lord, you still can use them to create another nuclear family, Lord. 
and be able to just create another multiplication of other families and other trends, Lord, that may be established, Lord, for the family. I pray this in Jesus' name. I want to close by leading us in this prayer of repentance. This is something that, if you remember a few years back, came from the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Uh, A number of topics, kind of like we did this morning, that they addressed in prayer. And this one in particular is a prayer of national repentance. So join me as we pray. We worship you, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You're the living God of our nation's founding fathers. George Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, John Hancock, Benjamin Franklin, Samuel Adams, Patrick Henry, and many others. We pledge our allegiance as one nation under you. Every time we use American money to buy or sell, we make the statement that in you we have placed our trust. We acknowledge that you are the one who has set us high above all the nations on the earth, who have made us the head and not the tail. You have let, we have led the free world. The whole world has known that we are identified with you and they have respected us. Again and again, you have given us victory over our enemies. You have blessed us when we have gone out and when we have come in. You have blessed us in our bustling cities and in our beautiful countryside. You have blessed our fruited plains so that we have an abundance for ourselves and for others. You have opened the storehouse of your bounty and have blessed the work of our hands. You have given us unprecedented prosperity so that we have lent to many nations but have been debtor to none until now. O Lord, God of our fathers, what has happened to the United States of America, the land that we love? Now, Lord God of our fathers, we turn to you and confess the sin of our beloved nation, the United States of America. We are appalled by the blatant sin that is all around us. We dare not lift up our faces before you. We are covered with shame. How could we? In our arrogance, pride, and rebellion, dare to even think, much less discuss and legalize defiance of your institution of marriage. How could we publicly declare relationships that are an affront and a contradiction to your Creator's instruction for living life you have, that you have graciously given us? How can we willingly, intentionally exterminate the life that you created and bears your image? For our own convenience. Life is still precious to you. All life. Your rules still apply. Your principles still work. Your instructions are still valid. Your opinion still matters. More than anyone else's. How could we even imagine that nine Supreme Court justices could overturn what you have said? How could we have reached the conclusion that what we want is so vital, what we think is so critical what we feel is so crucial that we elevate ourselves over you. We are so ashamed that our nation that was founded on faith has turned its back on you, and we know better. Our history records the faith of our fathers. If you do not judge us, then you will have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. We have had so much more truth than the Sodomites had, and therefore we are more accountable for our sin. We have heard your warning. The day of the Lord is near and it's going to be ugly. In response, we fall at the foot of the cross and repent of every sin that made the death of Jesus necessary. Every sin that even now is provoking your judgment. We confess 
national addiction to sex, to money, to pleasure, to entertainment, to pornography, to technology, to drugs, to alcohol, to food, to television, to popularity, to ourselves. We confess we no longer fear you, and thus we have not even... We have not even the beginning of wisdom with which to handle the vast knowledge we possess. We confess our foolishness of denying you as the one true living God, our Creator, to whom we are accountable, living as though our lives are a cosmic accident with no eternal significance, purpose, or meaning. We confess our greed that has run up trillions of dollars of national debt. We confess our arrogance and pride that has led us to think that we are sufficient in ourselves. We confess to believing that the prosperity of our nation is because we are great while refusing to acknowledge that all blessings come from your hand. We confess confess that we are dependent upon our military might and our weapons systems to protect us from harm and danger while denying, defying, and ignoring you. We confess that we have succumbed to the pressure of pluralism in in our desire to be inclusive so that we honor other gods as though you are just one of many. We confess that we have allowed the material blessings you have given us to deceive us into thinking we don't need you. We confess that we, have, that we feel entitled to what someone else has earned instead of taking responsibility for ourselves and our families as we trust in you. We confess that we live as though material wealth and prosperity will bring happiness. We confess that we have marginalized truth and mainstream lies. We confess that we have become one nation under many gods, divided and polarized with license to sin and justice that no longer follows the rule of law. Therefore, we turn to you with tears of shame. And a heart of fear for the judgment we are provoking The Spirit within us witnesses to the truth that the day of the Lord is soon. You are backing away from us as well as you tell, as we tell you to get out of our national life. We are losing your blessing as a nation. So we turn to you with humility, with sincerity, out of necessity, with a desperate sense of urgency. Hear our prayer. Forgive our sin. Heal our land. We are standing in the gap for our nation. In the name of the one who was with you in the beginning, the one whom our forefathers to whom our forefathers looked, and the one who is with us today. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you. I know we were here for a while today, but I think we needed to do this. And now we can go celebrate, can't we? Uh, there's a picnic uh, out, up, up, instructions. Thank you, Brenda. I was supposed to remember to call her up, and I didn't do that.
one word of caution. Be careful going into the gym. The rubber matting, when the evaporative coolers get turned in for the summer, they swell and there's an overlap in there that you, you just need to be careful you don't catch your toe on, okay? So be aware of that, please. You are dismissed. God bless you as we celebrate together today.